Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to a TVO podcast. I'm Colin Ellis, and you're listening to On Docs, a podcast about documentaries and the stories they tell. Today I'm speaking with Alex West, co-host of the Faculty of Horror podcast and author of the books, Films of the New French Extremity and the 1990s Teen Horror Cycle. Alex chose Hail Satan? Yes, there's a question mark in the title. It's about the Satanic Temple and its efforts to preserve the separation of church and state in the U.S. and push back against the Christian right through provocative political activism. It's a beautiful day here at the state capitol. Great day to be a Satanist. I believe it, and I'm very excited about it. We're not what you think we are. Satanic Temple was an idea between a handful of people directly confronting authority. This makes life fun. State officials have put up a Ten Commandments monument on government property. Satanists are demanding equal rights. I am a tax-paying member of Arkansas, and I don't want that there. They just want to irritate. The Satanic Temple says, you also need to put up our monument to Satanism. As a Satanist, I believe that confronting injustice is an expression of one's Satanic faith. You see Christian theocracy just creeping itself into our government, and it is our duty to stand up to this. We want people to evaluate the United States being a Christian nation. It's not. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. What I loved about this doc is that it totally dismantles everything you think you know about Satanists and Satanism. I really had no idea about the Satanic Temple's activism and message of inclusivity. I think if you'd asked me what I thought of Satanists before this, I would have probably given you some simplistic answer about devil worship, but it's far more nuanced than that, and I was really grateful to Alex for talking about it with me. And now for my conversation with Alex West. Alex West, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You chose Hail Satan to talk about, and I'd never heard of this film before, so why don't you just uh, set it up for us? What's this film about? So Hail Satan is a documentary uh, by the director Penny Lane, and it's basically all about the Satanic Temple, which is a religious movement that started in about uh, 2013 coming out of the States that is really all about... um, religious pluralism, um, ensuring the kind of separation of church and state, uh, you know, respecting other people, you know, moving through your life with empathy, um, all under the guise of Satan. And it's it's kind of a really great conceit because they use um, occult imagery, imagery that we've been taught to fear as a way to kind of bring people together and and celebrate life and actually respect life. Yeah, it, they they definitely have a an interpretation of Satanism that I had never thought of before. And we'll get into that a bit more later. But uh, one thing I noticed is the title, Hail Satan, question mark. And mm-hmm. I, I wondered what, what why what, you, what your thoughts are on that, why you think there's a, a question, what, if, there, if the film is, is itself questioning Satanism, or what do you think? I think the question mark comes into play because the Satanic Temple, 
leave so much open for its followers and you know members of its community to engage in conversation and to really as a movement begin to question the place of religion in our society and you know they have you know the satanic temple they say hail satan as a way to kind of show that um you know a satanic religion quote unquote has just as much place in america as it would uh, as christianity does and that's you know the premise of what america was founded on where did your interest in this movie come from so I have actually visited the Satanic Temple in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, my podcast, The Faculty of Horror, has been lucky enough to, been in, to have been a guest at the uh, Salem Horror Fest, which happens every October in Salem, Massachusetts. And so for the last two years, it's a great excuse to go and visit, and Salem is a wonderful place. And I uh, have gone to the Satanic Temple. You know, I've talked to the people who work there. I've uh, you know, checked out the building. I've read the books. I've sat on the Baphomet statue with my <laughs> husband and um, do you want to just, hung out. Do you want to just say what Baphomet is? Right, so Baphomet is essentially a deity um, and it is uh, it kind of comes from the Knights of, uh, sorry, the Knights Templar who were accused of worshipping it and it's, it's problematic for them because it's part, it's a big part of occult iconography um, and the, the main image of Baphomet is a goat because it's associated with the Sabbatic goat and a painting by Elifak Levi and it's basically supposed to represent like man and animal, man and woman, um, good and evil, light and dark. So it's kind of about embracing all the different dualities and pluralisms that we all have within ourselves. Um, but it's often very associated with uh, the devil. That's why you will often see the devil kind of represented as a goat um, in various ways. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. It's the kind of thing that I think if you see it, you, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. Yeah, I, uh, I'll be honest, I didn't really know much about the Satanic Temple or Satanism before I saw this doc. And uh, I guess as someone who's, I guess, a bit of a novice when it comes to uh, Satanic rituals, Satanic practices, I would have just, just assumed that they kind of embrace evil, the devil, I mean, all the things you would think of when you think of, of the devil, right? Like hell, just an awful place. But like you said in the beginning, like it's it's a little more inclusive than that. And actually, I want to read something that uh, it's on their website. This is their the mission statement. It's a bit lengthy, but uh, I encourage people to visit their website because if you want to know more about the Satanic Temple, like it's it's kind of good to hear it from the horse's mouth. So this is what they say: uh, the mission of the Satanic Temple is to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense oppose injustice, and undertake noble pursuits. The Satanic Temple has publicly confronted hate groups, fought for the abolition of corporal punishment in public schools, applied for equal representation when religious installations are placed on public property, provided religious exemption and legal protection against laws that unscientifically restrict women's reproductive autonomy, exposed harmful pseudoscientific practitioners in mental health care, organized clubs alongside other religious after-school clubs and schools besieged by proselytizing organizations, and engaged in other advocacy in accordance with our tenets. So very social justice oriented. And yeah, did this surprise you at all when you were, I guess, learning about uh, Satanic Temple? Um, 
In some ways, yes, because, you know, before I saw the doc, it was like, ooh, we're going to go to the satanic temple. And um, they're very much about education. And yes, it's very cool. It's very gothy. It's, um, you know, definitely an experience to go there. But they have, just like what you were reading on their website, they have pamphlets. They're happy to talk to you about it. They'll let you know. It's not like, come join us. They're like, this is what we stand for. This is what we've done. Um, you know, please come in and like, go to our library and you can sit and read books all day or you can touch the statues. Oh, did you know that wallpaper has like a texture to it? Go touch the wallpaper. It's it's very much kind of like a hands-on experience and um, they're, they're very big on, to your point, you know, social justice and uh, demonstration. And I think what they have um, really solidified is that, you know, if you're saying, um, you know, I'm pro-choice, then that's great. That's that's a good thing to be. But if you say I'm pro-choice and hail Satan, the media is going to pay a lot more attention to you, and it's going to you know invite a lot more dialogue and conversation. Even if some of it is a bit like hysterical and oh no, they're out to get Christians. Often it's you know brings more people in and lets people into say like, hey, I I also believe in this stuff. I believe in organizing and. Um, being part of a, a movement bigger than myself that supports people who need it. And they're very inclusive as well. Like there's mm -hmm. trans Satanists, there's people of color involved. Um, it seems like a kind of a refuge for people who I guess society might consider outcasts in some ways. Yeah, they absolutely. And, and I think that's a really important part of it because I think for so long, so much of Christianity has felt very exclusive. Um, you know, you are a good Christian if, and I know that's not all Christians, not, you know, by a long shot. And there's a lot of really good work that is done by the Christian church, but there's also issues within it. And I think if you feel rejected by that, uh, whether for uh, your race, your sexuality, um, you know, your identity, it can be really hard to find a community. And I, and I think uh, religion is a really interesting way at it. And one of the things that the Satanic Temple is uh, very much about is they're a religion, but they don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe in magic. They believe in rational thought and inquiry, uh, which I find pretty radical in, in a lot of ways. When you were at the temple, uh, I guess, did you witness any of their rituals? No, they had um, information on it. Um, I mean, I went like kind of midday both times. And so I know they've used some of the rooms for uh, various presentations, um, gatherings, things like that. So there may have been some rituals in there, mm -hmm. but I was not party to them, unfortunately. Well, we should talk about their spokesperson, Lucian Graves. We are supposed to be a nation that doesn't allow the government to dictate what is appropriate religious expression. Just tell us a little bit about him. What's his What's his deal? So uh, he's an interesting person because it seems like the Satanic Temple, him and a few other people, this was kind of their brainchild. And they realized very quickly on, and the doc goes into this, that they really did need a spokesperson and they can't just hire an actor. They just can't, you know, um, fill someone in on it because it really has to come from, you know, your heart and your mind and you have to really believe in the mission statement. So um, Lucian kind of just, you know, in some ways took one for the team and said, all right, I can do this. I can take this on and, you know, talk to the media, um, be the person who speaks at gatherings and things like that, which, you know, sometimes puts his life in danger. Do you know why Fox News has such an interest in them? 
Oh, God. I mean, that's like a whole book in and of itself. <laughs> I, I think there's such... They have that lightning pole thing, and, you know, Fox News, they have that demographic of, you know, Bible-thumping Christians, conservative Christians, and if they hear, you know, the devil, it's like the devil is going to come after me personally. So it's a really easy finger-pointing game uh, to do, and I actually admire that, you know, it seems like on several occasions, Lucian has gone on and kind of, you know, in some ways allowed it to happen, but has also just stood his ground and just said, like, this is what we're about, and you can believe all of this that you want, but here's what we're going to do, and this is why it's important. So even if it reached a couple people or changed a few minds, I, I think that is worth the time and energy. Well, I thought that they were kind of trolling Fox News a little bit, because I, oh, yeah. I think they said that, that there's an aspect of trolling to Satanism. Satanic Temple uh, started, I guess, it's, it's only been one of the last decade I think they started. There was the Church of Satan before that. What's the difference? So the Church of Satan kind of came about of like the 60s and 70s, and it was basically founded by its leader, Anton LaVey. And the biggest difference between the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple is uh, the political mandate, meaning that the Church of Satan has none. Um, they're just kind of like trolls for the sake of being trolls. They aren't uh, necessarily a troll with a political mind towards something. Um, and also one of the other big differences is they believed in Satan and magic and all of those things that kind of went along with it. So they still had a bit of that, you know, sneaky middle finger, but it was, you know, much more disorganized. There was a lot more problems within it from my understanding, like, um, you know, uh, some sexual abuse and things like that, and some really problematic stuff coming from Anton LaVey. And, you know, the, the Church of Satan was really founded on his writings, whereas the Satanic Temple doesn't kind of have that one mouthpiece. Um, Lucian Graves is the spokesperson, but they pull information from, you know, a variety of sources and uh, variety of iconography and things like that. So it's much more of a, um, a blend of things that bring together the Satanic Temple, whereas the Church of Satan was just kind of um, almost a weird anomaly. And I think it, again, created that uh, hypersensitivity around Satan at the time it was active and afterwards that people could point to it and say like, oh, look at those weird hippies. They were so <laughs> freaky. And uh, I mean, you mentioned sexual abuse within the Church of Satan. I mean, the, another thing that, that a troubling thing that comes out in this film and uh, I don't, I don't know if the Church of Satan is directly tied to it, but this, uh, this satanic panic that happened, I guess, in the late 70s and 80s, and I guess it, into the 90s. That was What was that about? What happened there? So it's, it, the satanic panic is a really fascinating topic, and it, this documentary does a really good job of summarizing a lot of the stuff that happened within it and led to it. But essentially... It was a bit of a witch hunt, uh, because America always loves a witch hunt, <laughs> and they, um, the Christian conservatives were really, really scared that things were beginning to happen um, that were, quote-unquote, away from the church. So they began pointing fingers at targets, you know, whether it be um, the owners of a daycare or kids playing D&D &D or listening to heavy metal and say, like, if your child or if you know someone who's doing this, they're in league with the devil and they should be stopped and it created this kind of hysteria and a lot of it coalesced 
you know, um, on a uh, special that uh, Geraldo did back in the 80s. But you can find um, strains of it that began with the release of William Friedkin's The Exorcist. It started, you know, going through the 70s. Um, fear of the future, fear of hippies, fear of this uh, kind of neoliberal identity that was forming within America. And, you know, the kind of retribution of uh, the Cold War panic, Vietnam, and people just solidifying a very quote-unquote American ideology that didn't have room for a lot of pluralism or, uh, frankly, intelligence or, or creativity or anything. And fear of Dungeons uh, and Dragons for some reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was so bizarre. I just I, They were taking these things that are, I guess, some would consider just nerdy uh, activities and blowing them way out of proportion. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was this, you know, hysterical thing that was happening at the time. And it, it sounds absolutely bonkers to talk about it now, but I think it's really important to remember that it really did affect people's lives. Like people went to jail, people lost jobs, people were disowned by their families. Like it goes on and on. And it even, you know, in the nineties kind of coalesces with the West Memphis three case and, you know, the three boys who were accused of witchcraft oh, yeah. and Satanism and uh, put in jail for a very long time and were only recently let out. But the Church of Satan and, and Satanic Temple, they're not a part of the... They weren't ever associated with the Satanic Panic? Well, not directly. I think maybe Church of Satan might have been thrown in there. But, you know, as we talked about, the Satanic Temple only came about recently. Um, and I think, you know, there are those lingering fears. You know, it's not like, you know, we decided, oh, cool, we've decided Dungeons and Dragons is for nerds. It's fine now. Um, we've, you know, those fears still linger. They're still part of us. And they're still part of this culture where people go like, I don't know about that. That makes me nervous. How big is the Satanic Temple? Just what's its reach? Does it go beyond the U.S. or is it mainly an American phenomenon? It definitely has, I think, its biggest concentration in the States. Um, you know, opening a chapter is uh, relatively easy to do. Um, you can register and they'll work with you on it. Um, there are, I believe, two chapters here in Canada. There's one in Ottawa and I think one in Calgary. And then there's a couple in Europe as well. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I did see that uh, Vancouver and Ottawa had chapters. Do you think, like, I mean, we talked about, yeah, I mean, we mentioned so, sort of just how, like, they're they're sort of seeing themselves as, I guess, an adversary to, I guess, you know, Christian supremacy, and I guess I wonder if that's why it's it's more concentrated in the U.S. Because I mean, I don't know if Canada and the U.K., even though I guess you know there's a Christian majority countries, they don't still seem seem to have that sort of uh, Christianity at the core of their identity the way that I guess the Americans do. Maybe I'm wrong, but. Yeah, no, I think it's there's parts of this that are such a uniquely American phenomenon. And, you know, there are movements like this, you know, there is, you know, Christian um, ideology and, you know, movements within other countries, but not, not that I've ever encountered to the same level of like, ferventness, uh, as in the States that I've seen, but it's, um, it's so much a part of their identity, even though, which I find so fascinating because that was something that, um, you know, the settlers uh, who founded America were trying to get away from is that religious hmm. persecution. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's very ironic. And, and, and a lot of these, I think, 
um, flashpoints sort of happen around things like the Ten Commandments monuments. Can we, t- can we can talk a bit about that? Just This comes up in the film a, a few times, I think. Oh, sure. I mean, um, part of what the Satanic Temple was doing is, you know, they'll look for issues that um, basically where, where people are just trying to get around the kind of, um, in America, you can practice whatever religion you want and prove that it is a very uh, Christian nation almost to a fault by saying that, hey, um, if this government, if this, you know, usually it's a Republican governor or someone, uh, wants to put up the Ten Commandments um, at the state capitol, we should be allowed to put up a statue of Baphomet. And, And then it follows a couple of these cases throughout the film where people are like having meltdowns about it, whereas they're just trying to prove a very simple point that this is what, you know, the government stands for this is what we fought for uh when you know we came here and they it just shows so much of the hypocrisy that so many of these people work within that they can't even allow for something else and and what they say is you know the satanic temple is you know if hey if that ten commandments thing doesn't go up because we believe in separation of church and state then we'll withdraw our baphomet statue request like they're not Necess- like it's the slight troll there. I think they found that nice sweet spot where they're not, you know, doom and glooming everyone. They're just trying to prove their point. And hey, that statue, that Baphomet statue, is beautiful. I think any state capital, well, they're pro- cap- they would be lucky to have it. Yeah, no. I mean, well, their approach to activism is very creative. I mean, I'm thinking of another scene where they're uh, challenging some uh, anti-abortion protesters who often use sort of similar kind of in your face tactics with showing like aborted fetuses. And then <laughs> it's hard to describe mm-hmm. over audio, but I mean, essentially they show up to a, a, a rally with like these overgrown baby uh, costumes. Like and it's, it's, it's theater, right? Like they're, they're putting on performance. It's performance art really. Uh, we're talking about the abstraction and fetishization of the fetal image as one that speaks and diminishes women's power and voice. A lot of people look at performance art and are a little bit confused by it, but that's exactly how we feel when we see these people in front of clinics. Pray for us. There seems to be a split that happens within the the Satanic Temple after one of the members, uh, I think she threatens violence against uh, Donald Trump and she gets kicked out. And I think she says that the Satanic Temple has become too formalized and it's lost its specialness. Did you... Do you think the Satanic Temple t- sold out? <laughs> I don't. Um, I I actually I feel like I understand both sides of this uh, conversation, but um, and I understand why um, the the person who was asked to leave was you know pissed and right. uh, I, I get that. But I also understand that you know the Satanic Temple has come to mean a lot to a lot of people, and if they want to continue operating, there has to be a few guidelines. And um, you know, one of those guidelines is you know we're not going to talk about harming anyone. Like that's one of their tenets, yeah. um, and I think that's a good tenet to have. And while I understand the the kind of aspect of performance art and hyperbole, that can also be a really slippery slope that people have to be really careful of. So, yeah, I get it. It's not as punk rock as we'd, as we'd all like it to be, but you have to kind of shape 
a little bit. And I think having um, a guideline that is, we're not going to harm anyone, we're not going to threaten to harm anyone, is not a bad guideline mm-hmm. to have. Do you get a sense of just how successful they have been in terms of some of their political actions? I think they've been, from what I can tell, relatively successful. Like a few things have been stopped. A few things are still in trial, still in process, because those things can take a really long time. Um, but it's it's kind of a strange thing to equate with the success of the legal system, which I think, as many people know, is um, a vast and complicated system. Um, for me, their success is in bringing people together and making people feel safe and welcome. Um, and I think that's actually their biggest success. And I think um, they found a really creative way to point out the hypocrisy of things that happen right under our noses. Even if they don't win all the lawsuits, they're still inspiring people to think. They're still inspiring people to question all of the things that happen around us. And uh, they take action, and they take action in a way that, again, it's it's not harming anyone. Um, often it's very creative, and I, I think it's I think it's a really cool way at it. Last thing I want to bring up is just the fact that, you know, since you host a, a podcast about horror films, I want to ask you, like, kind of with a role Satan and Satanists play in the horror genre, if you could speak to that at all. Yeah, I mean, Satan in horror films is actually quite interesting, because if you look at silent films, he'll show up in a couple of them, mainly Faust or Hexon, but... Then he gets real quiet. He gets real quiet for a while, and he doesn't start to make a reappearance um, until the late 1960s, and with one of the big ones, which is Rosemary's Baby. Uh, and the devil is not super present, but also kind of uh, like so deeply embedded in that story. Um, and then, of course, you've got uh, films like The Exorcist, which even though it's not the devil, it's a demon, there is that fear around the devil because of that film. Um, then you've got The Omen in 1976, uh, you know, where the you know son of the devil is born into a political family. Um, and then, you know, these are all kind of late 60s into the 70s. And then there was, you know, the kind of late 90s um, end of the millennia hysteria kind of movement that happened with films like End of Days, The Devil's Advocate, and there's there's some like very very hyped devils in those movies. I mean, in, in The Devil's Advocate, you've got Al Pacino running around. At End of Days, you've got Gabriel Byrne chewing up every piece of scenery he can. And it's like the devil is like a sexy, metrosexual, like high-powered man. And that's something to be feared. Um, but I think the most interesting and possibly complex portrayal of the devil in horror films comes from actually quite a recent film, which is Robert Eggers' The Witch, um, which is a really wonderful film, in my opinion. Uh, it's about this young girl who's, uh, you know, living uh, in the 19, uh, in the, sorry, in the 1600s in New America and is kind of coming to terms with the witchcraft that is happening around her. And I think it actually presents um, the devil in a way that I hadn't seen it portrayed before. And in a way, I actually found it very empowering and kind of more close to some of the politics that the Satanic Temple has. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing The Witch and I, I should revisit it again because now that I have this information, uh, I'd like to, to watch it uh, and, and 
maybe I'll have a new appreciation for it. Something though that like I just remember thinking back to the film again, like they mentioned how there are stories in the Bible that you're supposed to read as the devil being bad, such as when uh, I guess the devil appears to Jesus and offers to help him off the cross and give him water, and then uh, you know devil tells Jacob, "Don't kill your son." Uh, the devil, uh, I think, I forget the other example, but there are examples in the Bible that these uh, the Satanic Temple points to as examples of the devil actually being a good guy uh, and not this you know evil thing. And I thought that was kind of an interesting. And I'm not a I didn't grow up with a very religious, but you know it, it's something I, I never even considered before. Yeah, and I think you know what they always point to at the Satanic Temple is, um, you know, the first sin that you know Eve made or man made was when you know the devil quote unquote tempted her to eat from the fruit uh, from the tree of knowledge, and that was like terrible. And it's like, wait, why is that terrible? It's the tree of knowledge. Yeah. We should learn things. We shouldn't un like we shouldn't blindly take things for what they are we should question we should think um we are incredible beings with amazing capacities so we should utilize everything at our disposal um and i think that's a, a great belief to have we've got to wrap up but maybe you could just tell us where people can find you Sure. Um, you can find Faculty of Horror on any podcatcher app that you have. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Faculty of Horror, um, or you can find me on Twitter at ScareAlex. Awesome. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much. And that's the podcast. Hail Satan can be streamed on Netflix. Alex West will be back for a short bonus episode next week where we'll be talking about the doc, Best Worst Movie, so stay tuned for that. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. You can write to us at ondocs at tvo.org, and you can follow me on Twitter at colinellis81. This podcast was produced by Matthew Omar and me. Our production support coordinators are Nikki Ashworth and Jonathan Howell. Our series producer is Katie O'Connor, and our executive producer for digital is Kathy Bay. We'll catch you at the next screening. 